This is a classic podcast from Unqualified Gamers. Hear more at unqualifiedgamers.com. The most recent update of Skype, whatever they fucking did to it, made it horrible. Like, it was really bad. Last week was ridiculous. I mean, we could always just do the podcast over the phone. That sounds really dumb. Why? Because it's dumb. You have computers for a reason. No! I said computers. No. No, really though. Like that, that really was, it was pissing me off last week because like, it was like you and one other guy kept cutting out, completely cutting out. And then it would, you would like speed up the talk. I don't know if that was happening on your Skype too, but it would like catch up by increasing the speed at which I was hearing like whatever was said. It would catch up? It would ke dollar sign ha up. It would, would it kefka? It would was your water supply being poisoned while you were recording? In Doma Castle? I recorded in Doma Castle. In Domicile? I don't even know what you're saying. That was your home in Domicile Castle. Do- Domicile was not the name of the castle. But Domicile is the name of your house. Domicile is the name of your house as well. But I... We live in the same house. That's wrong. Look, I don't know math. So, hey, listener, this is episode 46 of Unqualified, a video game podcast. Episode 460. That's what I said. Where two gamers, video gamers... Uh, we do all sorts of gaming. That became very apparent on our last episode. Uh, for instance, I do all other types of gaming as well as video gaming, and you do video gaming. And other types of gaming? I played, uh... I played, uh... Final Fantasy? That's... Uh, <laughs> that's wait, a no, video that's a video game. game. Hang on. Uh, Secret of Mana? No, no I, that's... I used to. I used to be... The Rockford, Illinois World Heavyweight Champion of Omega Virus. I don't think that was a title that actually existed. But if it did exist, if it had you would existed, have been the, you I would have been the champion. And it's so hard, so hard. But alas, that was a really good game. That was a really good game. Was it? Hey, do, do you vaguely vaguely remember the the Star Trek game with the VHS tape? Uh, I do. I had the Wayne's World game with the VHS tape. I guess that was a thing. That must have been a '90s thing where you needed to, like, you needed to have an interaction between your TV and uh, and the game board, right? And I mean, that's what later on, Cenet came and and did its thing with a DVD. But there was something like special about that stupid Klingon telling me that the ship was going to explode in that Star Trek game that I literally can't remember the name of. And now there's Skylanders, right? Which is goes far beyond any kind of that old 90s connectivity that there was. No, it's pretty much the exact same thing. Sure, you're right. You know, I have no argument to that. You're right. It's the exact same thing. Putting a Skylander on the power portal is the same as inserting a Klingon VHS tape into your into your cassette player. Your cassette player. You're inserting something in both cases. No, actually, you don't insert anything onto the power portal, Cody. Obviously, you are not... A Skylanders, uh, you are not a Skylanders follower. No, John. A, Sky, a Skylander, right? You do not insert anything into the power portal, but I insert something into the power portal at every opportunity. 
Hey-o! See what I did there? Hey, happy Halloween! Yeah, no, really, happy Halloween. It is this week. It's, it is this week. It is Thursday. It's pretty much our Halloween. This is our Halloween special, kind of-ish. Sure. Because we're being thematic. I know I know what game you played, and you know what game I played, and we're going to get Halloween-ish. Halloween-esque. Yeah. I think that that's a good point. Yeah, I know it is Halloween. And Halloween, I've said it before, is one of my favorite holidays. It's the, the best because it's so secularized. I mean, secular. Are you? Are we getting religious on the show now? No, no. Secular means not religious. Oh. oh are point, we getting? Are we getting not religious on this show now? It's it's a commercial holiday. It's blatantly a commercial holiday, so no one can complain that it's a commercial holiday. It's an excuse to eat a shit ton of candy too, which is awesome. Do you know that twenty five percent? Of candy sales annually happen in the couple months that run on Halloween? As a marketing person, I would expect that to be an actual fact. I don't think you just made that up. No, I uh, actually I learned it on my radio show. We did Halloween trivia Sunday. <laughs> yeah, my, my wife and I made the mistake of grabbing one of those uh, big bags of – well, we got two bags. We got two bags of candy from Costco. Oh, the $20 ones? Yeah, like the ones that are over 200 pieces of candy. Yes. and And we got the stupid – we got the stupid fruit, fruity one, like with sprees and um, Smarties. I don't know, Smarties, the sh- candy, right? We got the bag of the sh- candy, and then we got the bag of all of the chocolate candy, you know, Snickers, Milky Way, peanut butter cups, all that crap. Um, we got that, I don't know, a week ago with the intention of having it around for, for Halloween. We have eaten the entire bag of the chocolate candy. The <laughs> sh- the sh- fruity candy with the Skittles and the all that garbage. That is all still around. But we no longer have any of the chocolate candy left. Uh, and, and there have been multiple nights over this past week where I have felt sick at the end of the night. Because um, I can't help myself. It's... It's the best. It's the, it's pretty much the best. Another reason why Halloween is so great. What is what was in the uh, chocolate one? There was uh, there were so they were all the little the little tiny miniature ones, not like the fun size, right? The, the little square ones. And there were there were Snickers, Three Musketeers, Milky Way, Milky Way Dark, which are Milky Way dark chocolate, um, peanut butter cups, and did I say Snickers? Snickers were in there. Um, don't, I can't think of any other ones that. Oh, and Baby Ruth, which are awesome. Mm. So yeah, so it was pretty much the best, and also the worst. It was the worst. It may have been the worst decision we've ever made. Um, uh, sh- short of doing the stupid podcast with you, but it right. was yeah. But it was a very poor decision to buy that so soon. Um, and basically, what it boils down to is now we have to go back and get an. We've got to go through the shame of buying another giant bag of candy for Halloween. So, oh, and we have to make sure to get more candy because last year was the first year at our house that we had a Halloween. Um, and we ran out of candy. And while my wife went next door to try to get some from our neighbors to hand out to kids, I was handing out Diet Dr. Pepper. Are you kidding me? No, and the look of disappointment on the kid's face when I handed out the Diet Dr. Pepper, I will never forget how sad they looked. And then I was creepy dude on James Avenue that was handing out Diet Dr. Pepper, right? Wow. So, and you don't you don't want to be that guy. No. But I was 
I was that guy at Halloween last year. So we need to avoid that situation this year. Uh, we need to buy more candy that I will eventually eat, you know, after Halloween is done. But yeah, we need more candy. See, I live in an apartment building, and in the past, we've we've had a couple trick-or-treaters at a couple of my apartments in the past, but now I live in a very residential, very family-oriented neighborhood in Chicago, where there's a lot of families. Like, when I'm walking down the sidewalk talking to friends, I, I try to avoid cursing very loudly, which is kind of my MO. I do that regularly, but I, I avoid it actively in my neighborhood because I think there might be kids around. And I don't want to bother the neighbors. So there's always kids around, but there's a lot of houses. So I'm wondering, maybe they'll go to the houses. Maybe they won't come to my apartment. I don't really know. Because you're going to open the door and just go, fuck you, you fucking little fuck, right? Yeah, well. Yeah, because you can't can't help yourself. I kind of feel like just not being home. Like, I'd like to go out on Halloween Eve, but I haven't decided what I'm going to do yet. I freaking love the trick-or-treat. I love handing out candy on Halloween. Like, that's one of my favorite things. So last year we just sat in the garage and people, you know, the kids walked up. And I don't know, kids are so timid when they walk up to houses. Like, they just, there's an inherent sense of scariness, I think, um, that I don't remember having when I was a kid. But it was probably there. Um, Just the idea of, like, a stranger giving you stuff, I think, maybe is probably, I don't know, goes against what we're normally taught as kids. But... Just, I would say 80, 80 to 90% of them walked up just so timidly, like they didn't want to bother us to ask us for candy. But um, yeah, it was awesome. I love it. And I love seeing the costumes that the kids are in. It's it's awesome. Sure. And, and did you dress up as yourself last year? Were you just sitting there in a lawn chair? Yeah, well, we were sitting out in the garage, so I couldn't really... Uh, if I pick a costume for Halloween, it's going to have to be something that's very warm uh, because we sit outside. Right, so they can see your face is my point, and that might yes. have deterred them a little bit as well. I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, If actually, if anybody sees my face, it typically deters them from talking to me. I mean, that's a standard. Yeah, because it's kind of standard. It's night- kind of standard for me. It's nightmarish. It's pretty hideous. Yeah. I mean, when we started Google, what are we on? Google Hangout? Uh, yeah, Google, Google Hangouts. Right. When Hangout. We, when we started doing this Google Hangouts, I'm... I, I thanked God I couldn't see your face. I didn't do that. But I Yeah, w- no, I would never get a uh I would never get a webcam uh and subject anybody to that. Anybody. That would just be it would be wrong. It'd be wrong. Sure. And you know, you mentioned uh one of your favorite parts of Halloween being handing out candy to trick-or-treaters. I feel like every day in Chicago for like just ten days straight is trick-or-treating time. Because I saw kids trick-or-treating on Friday. I saw kids trick-or-treating on Saturday. I was walking around and there were kids in costume walking from, like, storefronts and going to people's houses getting candy on Sunday afternoon. So you were, when you originally started this anecdote, I was anticipating you were going to start talking about homeless people. Uh, which would have been a way better direction to have that conversation go. Why did you think I was going to talk about homeless people? Because they're always trick-or-treating every day of the year. Yeah, but they're asking for money. Delicious, delicious money. That's accurate. I also, uh, I want to transition into what we talked, what we did this weekend. We're we're talking about all that. Um, Listener, John and I are going to talk about what we did this weekend. Skip forward like 10 or 20 minutes if you don't care, but you will because we're awesome. And then we'll talk about the video games for the theme of the episode. But this weekend, transitioning into that, 
did you did you notice that I that I pointed out the transition twice? Because yeah, w- the more attention I draw to the transition, the more smooth it is. Yeah, they're certainly smoother when you actually bring people's attention to them. We've already we go over this every week, right? So I, I I like to also point that out every week, so the listeners really it just drives home the smoothness. Master of the segue. Yes. So um, over the weekend, I ended up in Wrigleyville on Saturday night by accident. Which is listener, the- if you don't know anything about Chicago, um, Wrigley Wrigleyville is a very densely packed area of the city on the north side of the city where there's like there's no parking lots or anything. <laughs> like there's no there's no there's no room for cars there. But it None. is but it is home to one of the most frequented baseball stadiums in the United States. It may be the most uh, but it Wrigley Field is there where the Cubs play, and there's like there's no place to park when you go to a Cubs game. So Wrigleyville, it's this very concentrated area of the city, tons of bars, tons of stuff to do in that area. So you ended up in Wrigleyville, mostly bars. Yes, yes, I ended up in Wrigleyville, which is the kind of it's also kind of the hole of Chicago. It's where people generally who are between the ages of 20 and 30 choose to live when they think they're still in college and they think they can still drink like they're in college you will see vomit generally every three to four bar fronts just on the sidewalk here and there um it is an absolute show all the time and of course the weekend before Halloween, it's going to be a show. So why I ended up there, I don't know. But I saw a lot of people in costume. And you remember my Booker DeWitt costume for Gen Con? Oh, yeah. I, I researched that for like 20 hours, spent over a couple hundred bucks on the pieces to it, made sure it was accurate and all this. Almost every costume I saw was garbage. Just... The worst, like there was a, a quote unquote Ninja Turtle, right? He had a long sleeve green shirt with the Ninja Turtle print in front, right? So good on you for that. No gloves. I think he had green pants on, but I don't remember. And then just that was it. No mask, no bandana, no effort. It was just a fat dude in a big green shirt. He might as well have been Bill Cosby. Just you know, we an- talked. We talked about this like two weeks ago. I told you that your Booker costume is—it's like too good for standard Halloween fare. Oh, like it's not—it is not something you wear out to the Halloween bars. But it looks so good, and these people just—oh, it was so. Shit. I think there were people who literally just found crap lying in their closet, and they're like, "Oh, I'm going to put pantyhose on my arm." And uh, let's see, this cute underwear and some leggings and boots, maybe, uh, and I don't know, a lot of lipstick, and then like stick my hair up, and that's I'm a kooky costume. Woo! I'm a whore. I'm a whore. Yes. There's yeah no. There's a lot of that at Halloween. It's the worst. It is the worst. I yeah. When the kids walk up in horror costumes when they're coming up to get candy. Yeah. That's that's the worst. That is the worst. or the or the best. Well. Yeah, so you had a good weekend though. You had a good like uh did was that a was that like a full recovery next day type night you had or was that like a No, I only had one drink. I was mostly there to observe people. Uh the, the previous night I had also been out with friends for just one drink. It was a very very low key 
weekend. I didn't do a lot. Did you? No, no, I really didn't. That's a weird place to go for a low key weekend, though. It seems to me like it seems to me like Wrigleyville would be a place where you'd or people go to kind of kind of party. So uh, it, it is, no, I was, but the other weird thing is apparently a ton of Halloween parties are happening the weekend after Halloween this year. And that makes sense because Halloween's on a Thursday, I guess. This so is what I keep I, saying, but I've never heard of that before. It's just it's so close to the weekend, right? I mean, it's one day away from when people will a lot of times go to parties. So I don't know. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I don't have a problem with it, but um, quit passing judgment. You know, it's just that anyone who goes Stop out crying in parties next weekend deserves to fucking die. And how dare they? I think it's a pretty good point. Uh, my weekend was, it was pretty good. Um, let's see, one, one night, so so uh, my, my wife and I have about 26 student loans between the two of us all together. Um, and we now have a tradition where after we pay one off, we go out to Cheesecake Factory for dinner, which is where she and I both worked there in college um, and post undergrad a little bit she she worked i stopped after undergrad but she kept working after undergrad was done i didn't even know she worked there i knew you did she worked there for longer than i did oh all right um so but we've got a tradition now where uh we'll go there for dinner and so we paid off a student loan and that was one night um which was kind of exciting um and then another night we just went we had a family dinner at at uh, my mother-in-law's so that was that and that kind of took up the whole night and that was pretty much it. Oh, and I drove to – I did drive to uh, a very couple-oriented weekend. I, we drove to Mankato, uh, which is like an hour and a half outside of the city here. Um, it's probably the second or third biggest city in Minnesota. Um, still real small, though. I've heard um, of it, yeah. Yeah, it's still real small. It's actually where the Vikings training camp is. Um, so if you've heard of it, that might be where you've heard of it from. Oh, yeah, they played um, the Packers this weekend. <laughs> yeah, that was so certainly something. They, my team is the worst. My team is the worst. My team is the my team may be the worst team in the NFL. That's not it. Look, let's not talk about whose team is best and whose <laughs> team is worst. Your your team was up seven when I turned the game on, so I was actually really pissed at first. Yeah, that was because that was the first fifteen seconds of the game, and then the rest of the game happened. Uh, anyway, so we did drive down to Mankato, and we've got a, a close friend who just had a, a baby who's two months old. So we we visited the baby first time I had seen the baby. He's great, so he's super cute. That was really fun to see him. Um, and just kind of caught up with them, and then came back into the city. So it was it was a good weekend. It was a good weekend. Good weekend. It was you a good didn't weekend. Kill anybody? I well look. I don't usually publicize those types of activities. Oh, right. We do have we, we do have many followers on the Google Pluses. Yeah, and I think half of them are cops. <laughs> yeah. We're really big in the cop demographic for some reason. Yeah, it is really weird. I don't know why so many of them listen to us, but uh, yeah, it was good. It was a good weekend. Me neither. All right. Well, any uh, there's no big video game news this week, per se, that I'm aware of or... Although you did actually want to talk about last week, you wanted to talk about the delay. Yeah, a, a, a delay that, it, I don't know, like on its face, it didn't really seem as like a, a significant thing. But I I don't know. It To me, it was significant because it was, okay, so if you, you have no idea what I'm talking about, listener, because you might have 
just be listening to this show. But Watch Dogs, um, which I, I want to say wasn't supposed to be a launch title, but was supposed to be like early release for these new systems. Um, Watch Dogs got delayed. Now, this game is a... It's an open-world game, kind of like a Grand Theft Auto, only, like, the the hook, the gag, is that you can, inter, like, you can hack... It, it kind of looks like you can hack, like, anything in the world. Um, this includes, like, security cams. Um, I don't know, just kind of... Kind of, there's a lot of things people don't know about this game, but it looks like it looks like you can hack like everything, um, and and use it to manipulate the world to go through different objectives for whatever story there is in the game, um, and complete different objectives different ways. So, Wait, like, but you're hacking in game, right? Yeah, there's some sort of in game hacking thing, and I don't think there's actually a mini game to it. I think it's just like you've got a tool that hacks stuff. You can like hack ATMs to get money out. You can hack other people's phones to get money out of their bank accounts, stuff like that. But the real hook is that um, other players can enter your world as what what I think is supposed to be like the man, like the government, and interact with your game that way. Um, and I don't know anything else about the game. I don't know if that is like an optional thing, if you can turn that off, or if that's just like an always-on thing. Um, but when they were first previewing the game, they showed like, they showed some, some PlayStation network handle, um, underneath one of like the security cams that was panning back and forth while they were doing the demo. So like, it was like somebody else's account was hooked up to that security cam. Kind of, it sounds like a really cool idea. I mean, the idea of the game, if that is what it is, and again, nobody really knows what this game is, but if that's kind of what it is and what it what it's pointing to, that that's kind of the way this game is going to be. Um, really cool idea. But anyway, um, it got delayed. And it is one of the games that people have been most kind of looking forward to and clamoring for um, in terms of the new systems. So I thought it was a big deal. And I, I think a lot of people have thought it was kind of a big deal because um, there were a lot of bundles that were sold with this game in mind. There was like the Watchdog bundle at GameStop, right? Right, and yeah. and people put a lot of money. You know, people may have done the whole bundle towards this game, and this was the game that they were buying the system for. Well, if this was the game you were buying the system for, and you you get the news now, like a month before the system comes out, that it's going to be delayed until next March or April, I think is is what they said, and that's the only game that you're really looking forward to that you expected to kind of kind of sustain you until like the next round came out. That's a big deal because now you don't have anything to convince you to, to buy these systems. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a big deal. Um, kind of a bummer, like a big bummer. But at the same time, Ubisoft is doing it for a reason. I mean, there's – I would rather have it cooked, cooked to the point where it's done rather than kind of have them shove it out there, especially when it's going to be like one of these pioneer games of the new system. Like, I wouldn't want that to just kind of be thrown out there um, if it wasn't done. So, I, like, I, part of me is sad that we're not going to see it. And there's a lot of people that I don't think will get the new systems at this point now because this game won't be available. Right. Um, but the, the more rational part of me says this is probably a good thing, that this needed to be done. I didn't know a lot about the game. I know Ubisoft has a pretty good track record with making games, so they're pretty popular. But I, I thought you mentioned something to me in some conversation that this hadn't really happened before. Was that you? 
as in like a launch game being delayed? Yeah. I don't think that was me, um, but off the top of my head, I mean, I haven't really thought about it, but I can't really think of any times that that's really happened. Ocarina of Time, right? I don't remember. Because I'm pretty sure Ocarina of Time was supposed to be a launch game and it got delayed. Like, I mean, it was well before the fact. It's not like they were selling systems with it. It could have been a year before the system even came out, but I don't know. I don't think they sold, I don't think they sold any bundles. I mean, that's the big thing is that people. Yeah, they already paid for it. People paid for the bundle. They pay, seriously, I mean, they paid for the bundle, the bundle. And, and it's like, I bought this system and this game and I bought this system for this game. And now you're telling me that I'm not going to get this game. And there wasn't like another game that I was looking forward to. So, um, I just think I, and and the thing is, is like I, I'm pretty sure that they're not doing any refunds on the actual pre-orders. They're just letting people get new games. Like they can either wait for the game to come out and get the game when it comes out, or they can just get another game. That's bullshit. Yeah. So um, that's kind of kind of service there too. That's terrible. Any retailer yeah. that does that is an asshole. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it like. <laughs> If I if I want a game and I pay for it, then I want the game. Well, I mean, then I guess you wait for it. I guess that's what you should do. So, oh well, too bad if you wanted it on time. Yep. Uh, so that was that was I think the biggest news. But you know, with the systems coming out next month, things have just been really quiet. It's been really quiet in the video game world. Uh yeah yeah. I mean, I read some rumors earlier today about how. Uh, you know, they're like, oh, not sure if Microsoft's going to be ready for the Xbox launch, and there could be tech, there's reports, there's technical issues, and but whatever, that's, there's so many rumors out there with both systems, because the console war is in full effect, you know? You're saying that servers could be slow at, uh, at the, at the launch of anything, First really? First time for everything, John. That's, that's a, that's a, uh, a surprise, that servers could be slow... Yeah. At the launch of something. I know. And and I don't want to get political at all, but just from an objective point of view, though, it's like with the whole Obamacare website launch, and I know it was really messed up, and I won't get into a lot of, like, why people are upset. I get it. But, like, you can't expect a program that big of a rollout to go super smoothly, on day one, people are like, the website's down, the whole thing's a failure, it's the worst thing to ever happen to America. It's like, no, it's f***ing computers. It's 2013, this is what happens. Look at SimCity and, and uh, you know, Diablo 3, and I know those are video games, and I get that it's different, but, but on a back-end, on a technical server and programming perspective, it doesn't... Pretty much the same thing. It doesn't thing. matter. It doesn't matter if it's a game or, or an insurance plan or whatever. It's going to have problems, so... I did. Yeah, I mean, if anybody remembers the launch of World of Warcraft, that was a f***ing disaster. I mean, it was a disaster. And granted, they were, they were paving the way. They were pioneering the entire system, but oh my god, what a mess that was. So... The launch of any new thing that a lot of people are going to use, because the thing is, is you don't buy like you don't buy the the number of servers that it takes to sustain the number of people that are going to be trying to use a product on day one. You don't buy enough to sustain all of those people. That would be stupid. That would be a waste of money. You buy the amount that it's going to take 
to sustain like an average number of people after the service has been launched. Right. Right. Yeah, because otherwise you're wasting money buying a bunch of servers for people just for like a f- the first few days. So like once the giant tide of people, and this happened, this happens in like every MMO that ever launches, the giant tide of people has to has to go through the first few weeks. And if you want to be an early adopter, tough shit. Like it's going to take some time. You're going to have to deal with some garbage. Uh, and you're going to have to deal with like lots of disconnects and all that crap. That's going to happen. You're going to have to deal with that for the first few weeks before stuff stabilizes and before you get a few, you get a little drop off before they stabilize their servers so they know what they're doing. I mean, it, it happens every single launch. Yeah. So it shouldn't be a surprise, uh, but it was still a surprise. Yeah, somehow. So again, I don't want to get into politics. You can love or hate Obamacare. I don't care, but don't blame it. Don't blame it a failure on server issues because that's asinine. That's just, that is, I would in fact say that's atrociously asinine. And those words go together uh, to make delicious mouth music. They do. They do. So uh, I know you're going to talk about something really fun this week. And I'm going to talk about something really fun. Am I? I don't know. Are you? Am I? I don't know. Probably ish. I actually got a lot of things to talk about. I got like a, I got like a ton. I got a ton of stuff to talk. But about. you have Halloween themed things to talk about, right? Yeah. Because I uh, want to start with a little miniature first impressions review before we do your game. Uh, because hey, I found my notes from E3. Holy crap! You remember that? Yeah, I remember that. That was a thing you did this year. Yeah. So, listener, if you're not aware... You put on E3. You hosted in E3. I did. I hosted E3. I was there. Uh, Listener, if you're not aware, I was at E3 this year, played a bunch of games, took some notes, and then lost them, slash just didn't really follow up and talk about them. But I was recently glancing at my notes and realized... By now, I've talked about a lot of the games I demoed at E3. Like, we've talked about the Wonderful 101. We've talked about Dive Kick. We've talked about DuckTales Remastered and Rise, Son of Rome I did at one point in Wind Waker HD. I've given a full review because I have it. But there's a game I haven't talked about, and it, it fits into the Halloween genre as it is a zombie game. And I know those are in these days. I demoed... Yaiba, Ninja Gaiden Z. Oh, and you love Ninja Gaiden. That's like your thing. Well, I loved Ninja Gaiden 1 and 2. Uh, a long time... And you loved 3. You raved about 3 on the show. Ranted about 3? Look, is it ranted and raved? I, you did something with 3 on this show. I'm having heart palpitations as you say that. I just want you to know that. Uh, yeah, so 3 was really good. I don't actually know if I'm having... I don't know what a heart palpitation is, really. I'm guessing it's bad. By, by the way, listener, just uh, just as an aside, uh, Gaiden in Japanese means side story. So this is Ninja Gaiden. This is Ninja side story, side story, just so you know. It's called Ninja Gaiden Z, so no, it's not. It's not Ninja, Ninja Gaiden. Ninja side story, side story. Okay. So uh, I demoed it on the Xbox 360 it is a side story. You don't play as Ryu Hayabusa, who is the protagonist of the first three games. You play as some other guy. Um, you play as one of his rivals, apparently, who is apparently a profane alcoholic, pervert, mm-hmm. ninja. 
I think we've all we've all experienced that. I think we have as well. Now I demoed this on the Xbox 360. It's supposed to be released second quarter 2014, so we've got quite a while before it comes out. And it's cell shaded, uh, like beautiful Joe style kind of uh, kind of you know bold lines, uh, cell shaded art. And uh, I got my hands on it. It's it's not quite as smooth in terms of gameplay in my opinion, is Ninja Gaiden 1 and 2. I felt those games were just so smooth. But um, you have an anime girl in your headset telling you what to do as you fight hordes of zombies. And obviously the whole tone of this game is very, very satirical. So, uh, you know, you had a girl in your headset in Ninja Gaiden 3, and that was the worst thing ever because it's Ninja Gaiden and you're supposed to be a ninja who is facing basically the world, and uh, that ruined it. But in this case, it's funny because it's it's literally an anime girl, and she's talking to you. It's a funny game. The, the dialogue is ridiculous, very over-the-top, excessive swearing. To operate vehicles, you actually fling a zombie inside the vehicle, and then it operates it in a short, humorous cutscene. Uh, like, at one point, they pull an Austin Powers kind of gag where a zombie uh, is driving a steamroller. So you fling a zombie into the steamroller. It starts, like, it just kind of, like, slumps over so it's driving forward. And then there's another zombie in front of the steamroller. And the zombie driving the steamroller keeps gesturing for the zombie to move out of the way. And then he doesn't, so he gets crushed. Like in Austin Powers. Sure. Only with zombies. So, and it, of course, there's blood everywhere because it's very over the top. Um... You um, you can't jump in the game. You can, like, when the A button appears on the screen, you can kind of jump from place to place. But in terms of combat, you don't jump. You just kind of dash. And that, I think, removed some of the fluidity from the game. I didn't love that. Like, if I'm a ninja, I want to be able to fucking jump when I want to, you know? It's kind of a weird choice. Yeah, it was it was odd. It, you just kind of, like, dash forward a little bit. Um... Again, when there's ledges highlighted or whatever, you can hit A and jump, and that's great. But it was kind of weird. Uh, and the sword play is a little bit more button mashy, unfortunately, like Ninja Gaiden 3. Uh, so it's definitely not the classic Ninja Gaiden experience. Um, I will probably not get this game. I might play through it like used, or if I get a Gamefly, or maybe discount it on Steam. It'll probably be worth playing just because of the humor, but um, again, it it was a, it harkened back a little too much to Ninja Gaiden Three, and that I think gave me some uh, post traumatic stress disorder flashbacks. So I didn't love it, but uh, I, d- I wanted to mention that like, the humor in the game is so over the top. So at the end of the demo, you reach some kind of like clothing store or panty factory. I can't really. It didn't really specify but do you know if this is still being developed by Nin- is it ninja theory is that the, are they the ones that usually do it uh, team ninja team ninja yeah that's what it is. uh it is being developed by team ninja yes okay um but they also i believe did ninja gaiden 3 and that did not go well right so that's not an automatic slam dunk they also did metroid other m which did you play that no. Yeah, very mixed reviews. Yeah, I, I that's thought what it I've was heard. fun. I thought it was fun, but uh, some things were done right, some were not done right. Anyway, um, 
so you get to a point where you get to the, some kind of store or factory or small building, and outside there is a pair of woman's legs in stockings, like giant woman legs. Did you ever see Patch Adams? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so you remember when he invites people to the hospital and there's the two giant legs uh, extending from the hospital out, yeah. outside? It's like that. So two giant legs. So you throw a zombie into a truck. The truck drives, flies off a ramp and crashes in between the woman's legs, which causes the legs to fall to a lower angle, which reveals the sunrise coming up behind the building between the wow. woman's giant legs. So wow. there's this like, sunlight shining from between the legs, and then that's followed by a bunch of panties raining down everywhere. Just panties everywhere. And one lands on your ninja's head... And then the boss shows up and your guy actually says, I wrote down this quote, the guy, your ninja says, you ruined my f***ing panty party, and then you fight him. This sounds like one of the most Japanese games ever. <laughs> yeah. So that is Yaiba Ninja Gaiden Z. That's all the notes I took on it. Um, if you are looking for a, a fun, relatively fluid, humorous action experience i think this will be up a lot of people's alley and again it i just preferred the gameplay of ninja guidance one and two so much to ninja Gaiden three i don't think that i would enjoy this quite as much um but uh you know to each his own you just want to ruin a f-ing panty party man i ruined the f-ing panty party you do not want to ruin those i you know what i I don't, I don't personally, but I, you know, how many panty parties are there around me? Not many. You live in Chicago. There are far more panty parties there. Than where? Anywhere else. You live in Chicago. It's the city. It is the panty party capital of the world. You're right. Oh, and by the way, this will be available on Steam and Xbox 360 and PS3. It'll probably be, it'll probably be available on the newer generation systems as well. That has not been announced. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. It it would surprise me if it wasn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't even just like a cross-gen game or something like that. Yeah. 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 What did you play, John? I want to know now. So I've I've got this cool thing going on where... uh, So my my work schedule, just just so you know, listener, because you, you care. I'm sure you care. Um, it, it basically, I, I basically work a week on and then a week off. So like, I'll go through this period of time where I will work 61 hours and six days. And then I get four days off and then I work 20 hours and two days and then I get two more days off. So like, I've got, I've got, I work a bunch and then I get a bunch of time off. Right. Well, I, I got, I had some extra vacation this year. So I took those 20 hours off. And they managed to find coverage and everything. And so by taking 20 hours off, I got a full week off. So I'm in the middle of just this week-long break. Um, So that's awesome, right? So I have had a ton of time to play video games. So I have played a lot of stuff. Um, First and foremost, I want to say... you, Cody. I know. you, Pokemon. What? Um, Yeah, because there's, there's... and it's 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 actually it's actually me saying fuck you me, uh, but I I'm obviously going to blame all of my problems on other people, so I'm going to say fuck you Pokemon, because Pokemon does not auto save, 
And I was getting ready to like leave the house one day and I brought my 3DS with me and I had closed the clamshell so it was on sleep mode. And at some point I clicked the 3DS cartridge and it clicked out. Now, while the clamsh- while I was in sleep mode, well, I put the game back in while it was still in sleep mode, and I was like, uh-oh. And I opened it up, and it said, game has been removed, press the home button. So I pressed the home button, and it restarted the game. And I had not saved the game in over 10 hours. Are you f***ing kidding me? No, I'm not f***ing kidding you. So I lost, like, 10 hours of progress in a game, and... Like I said, it was, it's, it's f*** you, me. F*** me, you. me, you. F*** you, me. It's, it's more f*** you, me. Cody is who has to edit out all of those F-bombs. Right. Um, but, but in this day and age, there has got to be some system in place in a, in a day and age where everything autosaves progress of some kind. And I, I was just, I was devastated would be a strong word. It was more just kind of like this sense of exasperation. Oh yeah. Like, I just can't believe that just happened. And I, I honestly can't see myself going back and playing it for a long time. And if I do, I'm going to have to start again. Cause I'm, I'm, I don't want to do this fresh into the game. I do not want to repeat as much of that game as I've played. So kind of a bummer, which is a hummer from a bum. You know what you know about in Chicago, but you know what? I'm not that surprised because you are the worst at saving. Do you? Because I yeah. remember this happening. Do you remember when this happened? <laughs> oh, I remember. So, I know this. Listener, story. if you don't know this story, John, why were you in Chicago? I didn't even remember. I was I was visiting you. I think so. John was visiting me in Chicago a couple years ago, and we were like, "Let's play through a Final Fantasy game because that's fun, right?" And we just, it, is, it was fun. Which time? The first or the second time? B- both times I had a lot of fun. So we started playing Final Fantasy VII and we were drinking while we played it. And I, I don't remember where you even saved. Oh, I remember everything. And I was really drunk and I you remember were wasted. everything. You were wasted. So tell the listener where you were and how far we got and what happened. Okay, so we were playing Final Fantasy through Final Fantasy VII. I had gotten to... Uh, lost number or whatever it was called the 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 thing that you you open the safe in the uh in the mansion in nibelheim and you fight lost number or whatever it's called um an optional boss an optional boss that gives you a summon materia that i can't remember which summon materia is i think it's i think it's the tempest one i don't remember it does that part doesn't matter obviously um but you get there and he's probably the hardest boss in the game up to that point in fact that's Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably the hardest person in the game up to that point. And I died uh, when I got there. And I realized when I died, I was like, oh, shit, I died. And remember, I'm very drunk. And I'm like, I don't remember where the last time I saved was. It turned out I had saved just after uh, Junto. What's the name of that city? Is that what the name of that city is? Basically, right after you get out of that city where where all of the all of Shinra's like naval base is. Yeah, it's Juno. Juno. Yeah, where I hadn't even gone through the mountain pass to get to the golden saucer again. <laughs> so like I had to do all of the golden saucer stuff over again. Like it was a long trek back. Yeah. It was a long trek back. Um 
So, uh, right. I have a history. You do. You And you I were drunk a, enough to where you, you didn't even put the controller down. You said. Which was well, the funniest part was I was just like, I was just like, Shit. well, I just got to keep playing now. Because we were taking turns, but then, but you had, you had had it for a little bit at that point And you were like, oh, got to go do that again. And you just, you just went for it. And the next like two and a half to three hours, you just replayed the whole thing right there. I think I did, and then I went to bed. You did, yeah, yeah. Because when when you died, it was probably midnight. Yeah, which is a bummer because I think we could have gotten we could have gotten through the first disc. But anyway, <laughs> I've got a history of not saving video games. Uh, so I didn't save Pokemon, and I got burned for it. Um, but I'm living in a world where everything saves progress midway through everything. Yeah. So get like mostly my fault, partially your fault, Pokemon. Um, so anyway, that happened. Disappointing. I will say I finally beat Dark Souls. I have started this game and played this game. This is the fourth time I've started this game and committed a significant amount of time to it. And I finally beat it. So I don't think we've ever talked about it on the show. No, I don't know what it is. But I have played it a lot. Um, I've probably sunk about 100 hours into this game total now over the course of my life of playing video games. So Dark Souls is the sequel to a uh, a cult kind of a cult classic game for the for the PS3 called Demon Souls. It's was the breakout title for this company that did From Software. They later did uh, 3D Dot Game Heroes. Was their like other semi successful game on the PlayStation? But their main projects were these Dark Souls Demon Souls games, um, and so it is a Third-person action RPG. Yeah, and I, yeah, that's what it would be. It's a third-person action RPG um, where you are like directly behind your character. Um, it's your your character, you know, is is taking up twenty percent of your viewing screen. So it's very large on the screen in comparison to everything else going on, um, and it's got a very Japanese sense to to the gameplay and when i say that i mean uh if you've ever played monster hunter or know anything about the way monster hunter is played when you commit an action when you commit to an action for instance there are 10 different weapon types they all behave differently in this game um the way the buttons are mapped you've got your your shield or your parrying abilities on your l your L1 and L2 triggers, and then your your like small hit and large hit on your R1 and R2 triggers. Um, and so when you're at, and then you can like dual wield any weapon in the game. You can dual wield by hitting the triangle button, and it does more damage. And those you just continue to use the R1 and R2 triggers to do that. And if you hit the R1 button a couple of times, you'll do like a weak combo for any weapon that you're doing. But when I'm talking about this Japanese sensibility, what I mean is, if you've ever played Monster Hunter, when you commit to an action, your character does the complete action before you're able to do anything else. Now, this is in contrast to a game like Bastion, or a game like uh, God of War, where you could, like in God of War, you can throw out your Blades of Chaos, or whatever the fuck they're called. You can throw those out, and in the middle of your blade being completely extended out and hitting the enemy, you can hit the hit the right stick and roll, and it will cancel out of your action. 
So you have far more control over yourself as you're moving around the battlefield. And you can kind of spam stuff a little bit more easily because at any point you can disengage out of that action. In Dark Souls, you hit that R1, R1 button and you're using a great sword, for instance, and you wind up for half a second and then you swing your sword, which takes another full second. For that entire second and a half, you are unable to do anything else. Damn, son. So, like, you have to make sure that when you commit an action, you are 100% committed to it and that you are not going to leave yourself open to some kind of counterattack. Uh, and the game is the game is brutally difficult. And this was a characteristic of Demon Souls as well. This is actually one of the things that people like so much about these is it's, it's, it's an unforgiving difficulty. There are, there are one-hit kills. There are ledges that you can fall off and immediately die. I mean, there are just... It is, it is brutally difficult. However, it is generally accepted that it is very fair in terms of its difficulty. So it's not... When you die, it is almost always due to something that you did or did not do rather than some cheesy glitch that happened with a computer. Now, the like the graphical style of this game, super beautiful, super oppressive. Like it's it you run the gamut of all of like the vistas that you can think of for a fantasy genre. So there's like fire area and like icy crystal area that you go to and like these huge mansions with like this there's this one place called the duke's archives that's just this huge library that is amazing looking uh, so amazing that it it chugs like it's got some graphical issues on whatever platform you play it on um or just it looks it looks awesome but it's super oppressive like it's just very dark everything is very dark in this game um and that totally services the game because the it's so easy to die and dying has a significant penalty associated with it um and it's a penalty that yeah it's and it's it's part of the reason why this game is not for everybody um because it it is a it is a very old school way of thinking so there are peppered throughout the land there there may be like 15 to 20 of these total Actually, there might be a few more. Maybe 25, 30 are bonfires throughout this entire world. And this is one continuous world. There is no loading once you are in the world other than when you die. So peppered throughout the world, there's like 25 or 30 different bonfires that you light. And when you light them and when you rest at them, you refill like a flask that you have with you that you can then use to heal you a certain number of times before you have to visit a bonfire again. Um, and when you die, you restart from that bonfire, bonfire, bonfire. The caveat is that monsters all respawn. All of the monsters in the game respawn when you rest at a fire. So if you're like spending all of these flasks are called Estus flasks. If you're spending all of the charges of your Estus flask, uh, getting to the end of an area, like when you finally reach the boss and you can't do anything because you can't, there's no way there very rarely are you able to kill to defeat bosses in this game without having any ability to heal. Like you'll have to go back to the bonfire and refill your flask. Well, that will repopulate the entire world with monsters again so that you have to 
eventually you have to get good enough at the game to where you are not getting hit as much to allow yourself to pres- to progress through levels through areas so that you can then fight bosses way old school in terms of like kind of its game design which is and here's here's where the big punishment for death is when you kill stuff you collect souls everything you kill gives you souls and the souls are the currency of this world that you're in um these souls their primary use is to level up your character now your character has like nine different attributes that you can level up one point at a time by spending souls at bonfires and these attributes are they have a very short description but it's not actually apparent all that well how much they do how, like what they do strength and dexterity are pretty are pretty easy to grasp like there are certain weapons where their damage goes up with dexterity going up there are certain weapons where strength goes up and your damage goes up on that weapon so those are pretty easy but then there's like other things like attunement uh endurance uh resistance stuff like that where it's just like you read the description it's like your ability to resist things and that's it i mean that's like the description of the of the stat so like you a lot of times you're not gonna be putting points in that because you don't really know what it does um so that's like the primary purpose of souls the secondary purpose is that all of the merchants in the world take souls as the currency to buy their items so a lot of times you have to decide, do I want to buy these items or do I want to level up my attributes? Also, souls are used to level up equipment. So every item in the game, for the most part, I would say 99% of the items in the game can be leveled up to like a plus 5, up to a plus 10, up to a plus 15 version of some items um, with different stuff you find in the world, different drops from monsters, um, as well as souls that you pay to blacksmiths. So there's all of these things that you can spend these souls on, and when you die, you lose all your souls. All of them. And you die... I may have died 100 to 150 times throughout the course of my playthrough. The thing is, is if if you can get back to where you died, where your corpse is there'll be this big glowing spot on the ground. And if you manage to get to that glowing spot and hit the X button, you get all your souls back. But if you die again... Is this on uh, PS3 or Xbox 360? PS3 and Xbox 360. So just hit a button. What did you play it on? You hit a certain... I played it on the PC. So you... Yeah. You hit a button, you get all of your souls back. However, if you die again before... You know, if you die again before the end of the game... Or before you reach it before you reach that spot you lose everything so and the game the game is is not only is it like unforgiving but it's tricky too so to give you an example like you'll just get done beating a boss that is very difficult and leaves you in a situation where you don't have a lot of healing and uh like you could really stand you could really stand to, to reach a bonfire quickly and in most games you would reach like the you would reach the save point after you beat the boss. Well, in this game, you'll beat the boss and you'll like round the next corner, anticipating that you'll have a place to save. But instead, there will be like a new group of monsters that you've never seen before and don't know how to fight, and they'll kill you. And so you'll have to then move, go all the way back through that environment again to reach your corpse to get your souls back. And if you die again on the way to your corpse, if you like fall off a cliff in accident, something like that. All of the souls that you got from beating the boss, you lose them all. Oh, God, that sucks. It's brutal. There's some really brutal stuff. But again, 
the game the game is is not cheesy. It is fair in terms of all of that stuff. I, don't, I mean, having enemies you don't know how to beat after a boss fight, that well, seems a little... At the same time, you could run away. I mean, you could turn around and run, and the enemies do have a certain distance they will go before they they stop chasing you. The thing is, is like, you know, I, you don't want to have to, you don't want to backtrack all the way to the bonfire. You want to keep going because you just beat this boss. So that like little bit of hubris that you have to continue playing is an, is enough. I mean, it's a game that it's, it's a game that punishes impatience. Like any enemy in the game can kill you. Even like the first enemy in the earliest areas of the game, they can kill you if you do not approach them correctly. So it's, but like, once you know how to beat, once you know how to kill them, you can kill them easily every time. But if you rush things, it is a game that punishes that. So you can think of that like rushing to the next area as a, as a punishment. Like the game is saying, no, you need to go back and heal. Like you need to go back and refill your Estus flask, but you can t- you can chance it. You can keep going, but we're going to punish you for it and you might die. Um, but so the the reason why this fits into the Halloween motif is because there is such this game is not a horror game, but because of those consequences of dying, there is such a sense of dread when you're approaching something new in this game. Yeah, that it is it is terror inducing, and the bosses of this game are enormous, like enormous, like they take up more than a single screen's worth of screen a lot of the time, and them being that big, you just know that like one or two hits is all it takes for them to kill you. So when you first encounter new bosses, it's shit your pants worthy uh, in in terms of like at the terror that they induce. Um, so like there were so many times where I would, and you don't even have to be fighting bosses. You can just be fighting regular monsters that induce that kind of fear in you. Like you, like near the end of the game, there was this very large kind of ruins that I was walking through and I had never been there before. And you're just like, you're, you're walking up these weird, very small paths where you could easily fall off to your death. And you're just like, like I'm just rounding a corner. I have no idea what's coming. And it just, the, I had learned so much from playing this game as to how this game wanted me to play it, that I was so tentative and there was a lot of times where, like, I just, I didn't want to round the corner. I didn't want to see what was there because I was terrified of anything coming out and just knocking me off the edge and killing me and making me do some sort of corpse run back, right? Um, but the game is wonderful. It's, it's really good. It's one of the best gaming experiences I can remember in this generation. It is that good. Even better than Awesome Knots? Multiplayer? I mean, they're totally different experiences. This is a this is a you know for the most part a solo experience, um, but it's just the the world is so large and alive, and it's they don't hold your hand for anything. They don't tell you anything, and so there's this like sense that you have to go do some outside ex- exploration to figure out what's going on in this game because there's so much stuff that is completely unexplained and they want it that way. It is intentional. It is intentionally vague with stuff with, with the anticipation that you will go and you will talk to other people about this game, that you will go to online message boards and you will go to walkthroughs and things to figure out what you need to do. So if that doesn't like sound like something that, that you want to do to, to enjoy a game, 
at face value, I wouldn't think I wanted that either. But the game is the game is so like difficult, but rewarding when you do things correctly that it just made it made for just this awesome experience. And again, I told you I, I've played through this game. I've started playing through this game at least three times. But you've never beaten it. No, not until this time. And the reason was eventually it just became so oppressive and so difficult that I just kind of gave up on it. But I feel so accomplished the fact that I stuck with it this time and beat this game. It was one of the most rewarding gaming experiences that I have probably ever had. Um, And it's – there's so much – like it's one of the deepest games without telling you – at all that there is depth to his gameplay. But once you start like discovering it, once you start researching it and discovering just how deep the gameplay is, it's astonishing. It is astonishing. Like one weapon has one weapon where you could use the same attack with this sync with this one weapon to complete the entire game has a move set of 15 to 20 moves. And so there is this very large online component that I probably won't ever get into, but there are ways to invade other players' worlds, so there's a PvP component to it. And there are ways to be summoned into other people's worlds to help defeat bosses and get through certain areas. So that's kind of cool, too. Um, there are just, like, signs on the ground that you can just summon people if, you, if like, the conditions are right. That's kind of cool. It is. And, like, fighting bosses with two people... So much different than fighting them with one. Really fun. Really fun stuff. And the game was successful enough to where Dark Souls 2 is going to be coming out in February. And I am super excited for it now. After everything that I experienced with Dark Souls 1. (sighs) And of course, now I want it because that pretty much happens every time you review something. It's so good. It's so, so good. So good. (sighs) So good. Because I'm not... I don't have as much of a... Of an... Not obsession, but I'm not as, uh, as wet for incredibly challenging games as you are yeah i do have a thing for them i again because i feel like when i'm done with them i I feel like an accomplishment was made even though it is just me beating a video game sure but that said i mentioned this earlier in the episode i love ninja gaiden and ninja gaiden 2 like a lot and those if you've ever played those ninja gaiden 2 is the hardest game I've ever played. I mean, it's the hardest game I've ever played. It's it's just so punishing at certain points. For me, the reason I kept playing was because the gameplay itself is so smooth. I remember sitting in my friend's uh, room in college playing the first one. And I remember I started to play. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And I died on the first level 20, 30 times. And I just was like, I had no idea this game would be like this. I just thought it was some ninja game that would be fun. This is really hard. But the gameplay itself was super, super rewarding. So it wasn't even the reward, like, of beating it and the sense of accomplishment. It was just how much I like being in the moment. So do you like... I mean, that is absolutely what this game is all about. Like, you feel good when you defeat normal stuff that you fight. But it's fun. I mean, is it smooth? Because, I mean, you mentioned not being able to cancel out of moves and stuff. And Ninja Gaiden is a very, like, very, very, very fluid moving game where you can kind of do whatever you want. You're flipping all over the place. It is not that fluid at all. I mean, you have to, you have to commit to actions and you, I mean, 
you it could be fluid depending on your play style. So you could equip a very light armor set. You could equip a very light, fast weapon, and you could move around a little more easily. You still, when you slash a sword, the slashes would be much faster because it'd be a smaller weapon, but you still have to complete the entire animation of that sword slash before you're able to move around again. Now, that being right, said... So it's a bit choppy. My play style, it, it doesn't have to be. Like I said, with, that, with lighter equipment, it, it doesn't have to be choppy. My play style was I equipped basically the heaviest armor that I could and had really heavy weapons and a really heavy shield, and I just was able to take a significant amount of punishment uh, and kind of stand there and be able to continue to attack. So I focused more on letting myself get hit and and fighting enemies that way rather than avoiding hits. Um, and both both methods of playing the game will allow you to complete the game. You, you can really play the game kind of however you want. There's also a complete magic system, and there's pyromancy, and there's there's miracles, which are like lightning-type attack effects that are things that like a cleric would use. Um, and there are different classes when you first start the game, but the only real difference in the classes is their starting equipment and then uh, what their starting stats are. But like once you start putting stats into, the, into whatever you want to, you can build whatever class you want. Okay. Um, super good game, though. Seriously. And it's got a ton of replay value because it's got a new game plus, and then a new game up to seven plus mode. So, like, you can beat the game up to seven times, and it will continue to change. Seven times? Yep. Because that's not hardcore. Because last week, uh, one of our guests, Bailey, said he had played it, like, 60 times or something? Sure. Maybe it wasn't all on the same playthrough. I don't know. Or on the same char- on the same character. No, probably not. Probably but not. you can level your character up to like seven hundred something, which would take forever. I can't imagine. What? I can't. Why? Ima- yeah, I can't imagine ever because that's where all of your stats at ninety nine. I can't imagine ever playing that game that long. Um, the game was wonderful, but there's so many other games to play that I couldn't do that. But other people have obviously done that because there are like leaderboards that you can check where you see people that have leveled up to that. All right, sounds good. It was so good. It was so good. It was. Uh, I am so glad that I finally decided to stick with it. And once I like passed the part, because I got to the same part twice. I played the I played the game three times before. I got to the same part twice and gave up because that was I was so frustrated. But I'd only t- I got there again, and it only it was probably my fifth or sixth attempt to complete this one part in the middle of the game. And after that, the game just really opened up. Um, and so I'm really glad that I kind of stuck with it. There were still some other parts where I died so many times uh but it was way worth it awesome sounds good thanks for wasting more of my money yeah you should really get it and you can get it on uh, on steam now for for way cheap during a sale so. of course of course you can because that's there are so many games you've reviewed that i've ended up getting that's binding of isaac ftl bastion uh all of those games are awesome so far I yeah I, well I I not touched much FTL I I played a little bit I didn't get really into it um I don't know it's okay to be wrong I mean it's not a problem no it was fun I just there are again so many other games to play and that's one of those games where you have to kind of like take a little time to get into the rules and yeah I was I was afraid more to you being wrong okay I see what you did there yeah I wasn't wrong. No, the game. The game is awesome. Well, let me tell you That's about a fact. S- well, all right, good. 
Let me tell you about a super awesome game that I played that you own and have played like an hour of, if that, and not beaten, which you need to do, which is very Halloween themed. You may have heard of it. It's called The Last of Us. I don't think I've ever heard of it. I hate you so much right now. It's such a good game. You were the worst. Did you finish it? No, I actually the haven't, worst. haven't played it. You played the intro. I did. The intro, the intro was really, really good. I know the intro is really, really good. The rest of the game continues to be that good. Like, one of my coworkers, I mentioned it to one of my coworkers, he actually watched the entire, the entire game on a Let's Play series. Wow, Because it was really? that good. Yeah, because it was that good. Oh, maybe and, I uh, should do that. Do that. Do something. I mean, it's Halloween week. Like, this is the best thing ever. So... So you just, you just want to reiterate, you want to reiterate that it's really awesome. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I never gave a full review because I was waiting on you to play it. Good thing I did that because you didn't. So is that my homework assignment for this week? It really is. I mean, it's just, it's so good. It's so I mean, good. I did just beat Dark Souls and I started playing Castlevania, but I could probably stop playing Castlevania. I would be okay. I would be okay with that. Now you've been playing Castlevania Lords of Shadow, correct? I have. Okay, it's and a game. Have you have you played it before? I have. Um, you don't like it? Well, I played it. Oh, I, I, and I can't remember how long it's been since I played it, but it's been a, it's been a while. Um, I, there's just been so many other games that I've played since the first time I played that game, and uh, I can certainly say it was a game that was made. Um, that it certainly was that. It's okay. It's okay. It's. It's probably the best 3D Castlevania that I've ever played. Okay. That being said, it is definitely not the best action game I've ever played. Okay, why is that? What bothers you about it? There's just some there are some kind of bonehead decisions to me about uh, about stuff like the controls of the game even. Are like there's just there's some the game design leaves a little to be desired. Uh, for for instance, um, they put they put the block button on the left trigger, uh, and they put the roll button on the left trigger plus the plus the left stick. Well, if you want to block, and and they give you incentive to block. So if you do a if you do a perfect block, so if you block as soon as an enemy's attack is is hitting you, right, y- you get bonuses. There are various moves you can do after that. Um, it's very good to do that, right? Right. Um, however, if you move that left control stick in any direction, you roll, and in any amount on the joystick, you do a full roll in that direction, where you won't be blocking. So. It is and it it's not like you can it's not like you block first and then roll. If you do any combination of hitting the joystick and the L button at the same time, you roll. So when I'm trying to block, I am constantly rolling, which is not what I want to do. Okay, what platform are you playing this on? Uh the the PC. You're on Steam. You're using an Xbox 360 controller? Yes. There's your problem. Because I played it on PS3 and I've gone on record many times saying I hate the PS3 controller, but that analog stick never strays. The tension in the analog stick on the PS3 controller is superior to the tension on the Xbox 360 analog stick because I've had that problem with other games 
on the Xbox 360, where my character will inch a certain direction because the tension isn't good enough and it's not accurate enough. It's because I, I never once... I've played Lords of Shadow, and then uh, I played uh, I played it a little bit after E3 because I played the demo for Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2 at E3. It kind of whet my appetite to go back and do some of the quests in Lords of Shadow I hadn't completed. Sure. So I played a little bit more. So I've played a lot of it on PS3, never had that problem. But I know what you're talking about. So design-wise, maybe it was a poor decision based on that controller. Well, but uh, Well, my, my point is that why not just put the roll on the right control stick? Like every other action game. Like what? <laughs> why is why is every other action game... Why why do you not take the advice that every other action game takes and do it that way? Uh, because that's how, that's how like God of War does it, and it's perfect. And I understand that you're using your right control stick in this game for other purposes, but you're not actually using the right control stick as a movement for other purposes. You're just using it as a button for other purposes. So it's just it's a bonehead decision. It doesn't make sense to me, and it's very it was very frustrating. That part's frustrating. It's got a forced perspective, um, which is understandable. I understand why certain games need to do that. Um, it actually works really well for this game in terms of, like, the environments are pretty. Um, oh, they're gorgeous. They're yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, like, I like the way the game looks, so that's that's kind of cool that, the again, the forced perspective is the way that it is. But then you've got, you've got invisible walls that prevent you from falling into pits, but only sometimes. Other times there are invisible wall there aren't invisible walls and you're able to fall off into holes and and lose health. So it's and it's it's never clear as to where these invisible walls are. Yeah, that that that's, could be yeah. That's dumb. That's fair. Yeah, it's a dumb decision. Either make everything and and you couldn't do this in this game. Like you just you need to make all invisible walls. Like you need to not make you need you need to not make it a possibility for the player to fall off, except in the most obvious of circumstances. Because you can't not have the invisible walls because of the way the environments are set up. You don't know what you can interact with. You don't know what landings you can land on in this game. Right, and, that, and that's fine. But if that's the case, you need to have you need to have complete invisible walls around so that the player never is able to just walk off a ledge somewhere. Whereas in other areas of the game, they would walk up to that wall and not move at all. Um, so I'm, I'm very frustrated by that because I'm playing the game on hard and it's definitely, it, it's definitely a game you need to play on hard. I think if you are, if you are video game savvy at all, um, yeah, I played it on hard. This being, there's like, you know, there's easy, medium, hard, and then very hard. They're named other things. But the, I, I was playing it on normal for a bit, and it was just, it was too, it was too much just kind of a walk in the park. At least on, on hard, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm having a good game experience. But where I was, I was just talking about Dark Souls, and, and I feel like I, I'm, when I die in that game, I feel like I died because I made a bad decision in this game when i die i feel like i'm dying because i rolled when i meant to block <laughs> or i like rolled off an edge of, of a ledge or something or i i went i fell off a ledge and lost a quarter of my of my health bar and then i got into this big fight and if i had had that quarter of a health bar i would have completed the fight but instead i died because yeah. it wasn't there because i i rolled off of a stupid ledge that and in every other part of the game, it was an invisible wall. So there's just some, there's some, 
there's just some bad design choice. They're bad. They're bad design choices. And it's frustrating because the game, the, the game as an action game is mediocre, but like the, the presentation and like the care that has gone into making the game is apparent and it is high. So I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm, and I'm, I'm a very much of two minds and I'm frustrated by the game because I see a lot of potential there that I believe was squandered due to some bad decisions. I can see that. What do you think of the story? The story is pretty slick. And again, I have played through the game before, so I know I know the entire story. The reason why I started to play it again was, one, it was Halloween time. Two, I got it on Steam during a sale, and it came with all the DLC, which when I completed the game the first time, I, I really wanted to check out the DLC because of where the story went. Yeah. But I didn't want to pay the $20 for the DLC especially after reading the reviews that the DLC was not that good. So when I could get the entire game plus all the DLC on Steam, which what I assumed was going to be a smoother, and it's a smoother experience for me because my PC is powerful, right? So yeah. the game looks even better on the PC. It's still, it, like, the fundamentals are poor, and that and that's going to cause for a bad experience. Um, but it's got all the DLC with it, so I figured, hey, I just, I'm going to get it on the PC, get all the DLC for five bucks and try it that way. Yeah, are you going to, to play the DLC? The DLC I think happens after the story is done, and I, I think I've got to. I think I'm going to complete the game before I can check it out. So. Oh yeah, you will. So, um, it's disappointing. I, I would like to think I will stick with it again, um, because I maybe some of it is just me re getting used to the controls, but yeah. See, I didn't have that problem, though, because at E3, and lo and behold, I have now pulled out my E3 notes again. So thank you for this flawless excuse for me to do this. But my notes, and I'm going to read them verbatim, uh, Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2, very much like the original Castlevania Lords of Shadow. Lots of platforming involved as well as a very smooth, action-oriented gameplay. I thought it was pretty smooth. Uh, my note here is very similar gameplay to original should be very natural to accommodate to controls. You mentioned the blocking and how you need to... You you basically block right as an enemy hits you. It puts you into kind of a bullet time and lets you counterattack for a lot of damage. In, in hard mode, to a degree, and indefinitely in Paladin, which is the highest difficulty, you have to do this block. Not in a bad way, it just becomes an essential part of combat. You have to time the block the right way. Well, that same thing is in Lords of Shadow 2, and within two minutes of the demo, I was perfectly able to time those blocks and remember how it worked and turn on my like special magic powers and stuff. And for me, it was like riding a bike. And I was like, okay, boom, I'm back in this. This is how the game is played. Like, I've got the controls down. So I'm surprised that it's taking, it's harder for you to kind of like reaccommodate. But you're you're also used to similar games with different play control, right? I'm used like, to games with better play control. It's just that right stick. It's just it's a poor decision is all I'm saying. It was a it's a it's a poorly it's a, it's a poor decision. It's a poor decision for movement is all. So, have you thought about no longer sitting on the right stick and spinning around because I know it gives you a lot of pleasure. I just no, don't. That's it's not an option. That is how I play video games. Whatever. I liked the game. I mean, it, it is a beautiful game, and I will say my PS3 even lagged a little bit because of all the scenery. Like it's a it 
it's I'm not saying I don't I'm not saying I don't like the game. The frustration is that I see a better game than what they have what they have given me. I'm sure. fr- I am frustrated that I'm I'm having to fight with the controls of the game to play the game. Like yeah. it, that should be a in this day and age, right? That should be a non-issue. We've had video games for long enough to where controls should be a non-issue. Well, I liked that game. Lords of Shadow 2 is coming out in February. The game specifically... Did you know anything about Lords of Shadow 2? No. Well, since I've got my E3 notes pulled up, I have very little to say about it. Uh, Basically, I played the demo. It was just like the first one. A lot of... I mean, the controls are the same. Graphics are roughly the same. The action is pretty action-packed. And that's kind of it. Um, It does one of those things where... uh, you know, you're continuing to play as the same character as in the first game. And it's that age-old video game issue of, like, with RPGs, you level up to level 99, beat the end boss, and then you play the sequel and you're level 5 again. Right. You know, so that's, like, one of those. But in this game, the game specifically mentions that you have been weakened. Well, I kind of have to give away the ending for this. The game's old. I don't. I mean, I don't think it's a big deal if you give away the ending. So basically, the protagonist of the original Lords of Shadow kind of becomes Dracula, in a way. I'll leave it at that. And this game specifically mentions at the start that Dracula has been who you play as. Dracula has been weakened, quote, by his battles with Simon Belmont and Alucard, and. It looked like Alucard was in the trailer, so there may be some cool flashbacks to past battles, like with Alucard and Simon Belmont and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to a very cool, like, nostalgia element to this game, even though you have to keep in mind this is a separate timeline from the original Castlevania series. This is, like, parallel, because the original Castlevania series is... Not that. So this is, I think this is just a different canon or non-canon. I don't really think it matters which one, but either way, it's not canon with the original series. And this is the conclusion. It says in the trailer, this is the conclusion to the story. So it's not a trilogy, which I think is great. Because when they make trilogies, just because it's like the thing to do, I think that's stupid. But I'm excited for Lords of Shadow 2. I mean, I'm going to get it. And I'm not, like, a a hardcore Castlevania guy. I mean, I thought Castlevania 64 was atrocious. I I thought it was super difficult. I thought that it was just stupidly not great. So I'm not, like, a diehard ultra... I mean, I love Castlevania, but I'm not, like, a live-and-die-by-it fan. But I like the first one. I'll probably play the second one. Well, I mean, Castlevania has... um, Its its wheelhouse has been its 2D platformers. Just... all of the handheld stuff, Symphony of the Night created a genre. I mean, it, you know, it, like, that has been where it has really shined. Um, and it traditionally actually hasn't done all that well as a 3D game. And so I am, right. imp- I am impressed that they have m- made a decent 3D game. And I like, I like where the lore is going. Like, I, I did, I do like how they managed to work. Dr. Frankenstein in the story, and there's a lot of really cool stuff like that that you see um, throughout throughout the story of Lords of Shadow. So, like, the, the story and the the backdrop and all that stuff, that stuff's really cool. Um, I just don't want to be fighting with the 
basic interaction of the game to play the game. I understand. Is all. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is Castlevania Lords of Shadow was uh, was worked on by Hideo Kojima, who did the Metal Gear series. Correct. Uh, which is awesome. I don't believe he's involved with the development of Lords of Shadow 2, which does worry me a little bit. But Patrick Stewart is coming back as a voice actor. As Zobek? Zobek, yeah. Which, it's very... It's, I'm sorry, but it... I get that he, I get I know what he looks like in real life and he's portraying a different character in a game but they look so, you see the guy you see who he's playing and I'm like that's not Patrick Stewart he just doesn't look like a Patrick Stewart to me No it's John Delancey Wow that was way inside way inside that's what she said So I'm not going to review um the Last of Us right now since we've basically reviewed two games already and I want to see if you get to it this week but if you, listener, are thinking about a game to play this Halloween, just get The Last of Us. It's so good. It's so good. John, are you into a lot of zombie stuff, like current stuff, like Walking Dead? I'll be honest. I'm zombied out. Like, I'm having a, I have a tough time getting involved with new zombie stuff. And, and I do is – I've never been a zombie guy. But The Last of Us – in my opinion, challenges a lot of the traditional zombie tropes. It goes outside the box a little bit. It changes. It does things differently. It's not your generic zombie game. I believe some new media like Walking Dead has done the same stuff, but I don't know. But to me, as a guy that doesn't really like zombie stuff, it was groundbreaking what they did with the plot and the direction. So... You know, if you're a huge zombie fan, maybe this won't blow your mind like it did with me, but eh, maybe it will. Who knows? We'll find out next week on Unqualified, a video game podcast. Choo, 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 choo. Was that the Mega Man dying? I think I just made the Mega that was, Man di- That was definitely Mega Man dying. Yeah, it's too bad that he's dead, but he'll come back. Did, will he? Not at the rate Capcom's going. Uh, no. Oh, actually, did you hear about that? Uh, Piece the, of news? M- wonderful number eight or whatever yeah the mighty number nine the mighty number nine yeah i heard about that it got funded it got like eight yeah, million basically, dollars basically creator basically listener if you don't know creator of mega man uh wanted to make he wants to make more mega man games or wanted to make another mega man game he might be the creator of mega man x i don't remember uh, but anyway capcom didn't want to make it didn't want to let him make another mega man game so he turned to crowdfunding which is where we all turn to now uh he turned to crowdfunding and raised a shit ton of money and is now going to make his own Mega Man game um only it is not going to be called Mega Man it is going to be called the mighty number nine and the idea is that there are nine robots eight of which go crazy and you have to kill which sounds a lot like a Mega Man yeah it raised like didn't it raise eight million some crazy amount of money it was in it was several million dollars and it was an insane amount of money and it's just like Capcom. What are you doing? They're making uh, they're making phone games. That's where it's at, man. Phone games. I don't. I just. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. This game has gotten eight million dollars in funding or more from just people that want to see it that badly. Like, what are you doing, Capcom? Well, I'm sure there's economists that crunch the numbers. I mean, no, it's they're stupid. No, they're, they're dumb. You're right. They're wrong. They're dumb. We are right. We know better than you, Capcom. We know. And, and we're I, we know you listen to this podcast. We know you do. Yeah. So sponsor us and we'll plug your next Mega Man game. How's that? 
It sounds great. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. In the meantime, uh, listener, while we're negotiating with Capcom, please follow our new YouTube channel at youtube.com slash unqualifiedpodcast, where I post, well, pretty much our podcast with a couple still frames uh, within a day or two of our podcast being posted. Um, But it's easier to keep track of if you're a YouTube kind of person. Or you can, of course, continue to follow us on iTunes and videogamepodcast.tumblr.com and our favorite place in the world on the internet, Google+. The internet. The internet. The internet. Is our favorite place. Is our favorite place. Yeah, you can find us on Google+. Yeah, you can find us on Google+, is what I was saying. So, thank you. So, thank you. Capcom. Capcom. I don't want to be. I don't want to be sponsored. I don't want to be sponsored by Capcom. It's terrible. It's terrible. I'd like to go home. I'd like to go home too. Hey, drinks personal drinks. Buy me a coke. <laughs>